Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we revisit all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately, or in some cases fortunately, only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pesanek III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us today as we delve deeper into our series on Pretty Wild. Today we'll be discussing episode two, The Hearing. Yep. (laughs) Um, And we do have a little house cleaning this week. I have some for Twitter. Um, Chris M. Massey one I tweeted us on November 1st and said, y'all are back. I know it's only been a few weeks, but it seems like forever. Can't wait to dive into this new series. Hashtag pretty wild. Thank you, Chris. We, it did seem like forever and we are happy to be back. Um, Heather Johnson gloom cookie tweeted us and said, so glad you're back in case you wanted to listen for current life info. Alexis was on a recent episode of this pod. You guys will have to read her upcoming book for book club. Um, I didn't realize she had a book, but yeah. And then she tweeted us, um, uh, a link to the podcast, which I haven't listened to to yet, but I'm going to, and I retweeted it. So all of you out there, if you want to listen, you can as well. Um, and then she tweeted us also for listeners who want to get up to the iconic phone voicemail episode, another link to the Vanity Fair culture article. Um, and <laughs> Heather also says, I would have liked to have been homeschooled on Metal Edge magazine and John Hughes movies back in the day. <laughs> um, me too, Heather. <laughs> I kind of was. <laughs> Um, and then Heather um, sent me an invite to Wicker's Facebook page, um, which it took me a minute because I'm 100 to figure it out, but I liked it. We're all on board. Um, and then Fashion Grunge at Fashion Grunge tweeted us and said, I'm loving this recap of Pretty Wild. I'm watching it all over again. So excited, Fashion Grunge, that you're going like, to taking this ride with us. Um, and then you, Mare, tweeted about um, Caitlin's <laughs> article about her relationship, her relationship with My- Miley. Yeah. So, and I retweeted that. It was very nice. Mallory at at Mallory EC19 tweeted and said, so pumped for the pretty wild recaps. The show fascinated me back in the day and I've watched it many times. Alexis was, has a podcast now and did episodes with her family. Definitely a must listen as research for the show. Yes. Um, she also said she's super open about everything and it's very refreshing. I also haven't had a chance to get to that either. I need to like download both of these other podcasts and just put them in my app. So I forget. Cause a lot of times like walking home with the gym and be like, I have nothing to listen to. And I'm like, I, that's what I should be listening to. Same. Um, so that's it for, um, for Twitter. Awesome. Um, so (laughs) thanks to our lovely listeners, some of the things from the very first wild file are spoiled, but (laughs) there isn't that much about Alexis that we don't already know. So Alexis is the first wild file. She was born June 20th, 1991. Oh, that's terrifying. Let's see I graduated from high school. If I had actually graduated. (laughs) She is still a baby like even right now she is still a baby yeah so she went to indian hills high school in agora hills where some other bling ring members also went and as we sort of uncovered in our last episode she and tess met dan levy who is credited as a writer and a comedian on the set of the movie frat party that they were both in and apparently had a topless makeout scene in Okay. And he thought that they would make for a very interesting subject of a fast-moving Hills Kardashian-like reality show. And he's the one that's credited with this whole idea for Pretty Wild. Talk about striking gold by accident. Yes. Correct. (laughs) Um, So as we uncovered last episode, they started filming and it was supposed to be about all their wild antics in Hollywood and trying to be famous. And their second morning of shooting is when Alexis was arrested. And so when E was asked to comment, they basically said, you know, 
we're we're gonna go with it and see what unfolds. And this is what unfolded. And as we also know, Alexis wasn't really living at home at the time. She was really struggling with addiction. She's very open about that. And so her plea hearing that we just watched was November 16th, 2009. Okay. And she, on May 10th of 2010, when she, I don't think it ended up going to trial. She pled no contest because she found out Orlando Bloom was going to testify against her. And she ended up serving time and paying a fine to Orlando Bloom. So I don't know what happened with the Lohan necklace and the Bilson bag, but really the Orlando Bloom Berkeley, the one that she was on camera for, is the one that she went down for. And how long did she go to jail? And how much was the fine? Do we know? She was sentenced to six months. She served one. Okay. She was on the same block as Lindsay Lohan. Talk about it. Amaze. Um, and she paid him a $600,000 fine. How? No idea. That's what it was set as, anyway. Okay. I know. Yeah. But she did serve one month in jail. So. All right. Yep. And then in December of 2010, after she got out, um, she was arrested again. Um, So she missed a meeting with her probation officer and got charged with possession of heroin. Um, And she, instead of going to jail, checked in to rehab. And she has been sober since. Okay. Um, And while she was in rehab, she did, I forget what the acronym is for getting her certification to be like a drug and alcohol counselor which is awesome and despite all these things like alexis is doing amazing now and it's really really sweet yeah um so she admitted after she went to rehab and did some radio interviews that she had been at the time of filming addicted to xanax heroin alcohol and oxycontin like just anything she could get her hands on and adderall yeah and adderall as we've as we see every episode now. Um, and the hotel that she was living in, apparently her only possessions were boxes of cereal and 30 rolls of tinfoil, which I think you found last time we were yeah. recording. Yeah. So in April of 2012, she married a Canadian businessman, Evan Haynes in Playa del Carmen. She was only 20 when they got married. This family marries young as that will be a common theme in these wild <laughs> files. And they met in AA. And they're still married. They are still married. Oh, okay, good. In April of 2013, so one year later, she gave birth to their daughter, Harper. And then three years later, she gave birth to another daughter, Dakota. They're real cute. I bet. Her first daughter is actually a stunner. It's almost scary how pretty this child is. Um, And they are still married and still doing well. And she has her own podcast called Recovering from Reality. So I have put that in my podcast queue because she also did an episode of her own podcast with members of her family. So I didn't have time to listen to it before recording today, which I'm sorry. Well, and that's what Mallory was talking about. Yeah. So she did an episode with like Tess, Andrea, and Gabby apparently unpacking all of this. And I'm very eager to dive in. Oh, what's it called? I'm putting on my podcast right now. Recovering from reality. All right. Because that needs to happen immediately. Yeah. It does not get that many listens. Um, It has about... I think it's 1.1 or 1.5 thousand reviews, which isn't bad. Um, She's very active on Instagram. A lot of pictures of her kids and her husband. um, But she's thriving and and doing great. So it all ended up well for Alexis. Subscribe. Um, She she has 100 reviews or 1,000? 1,000. That seems like a lot. It does. And then when I went to her SoundCloud, because I was curious how many plays she gets on SoundCloud, the numbers were real low. 
but I don't know if that's only a SoundCloud play or what. I couldn't, I don't know. I thought everything went through SoundCloud. That's what I thought too. Um, I mean, cause I'm just scrolling through now. She's got some, I mean, I hate her, but she's got, she's got Heather McDonald. I mean, she's got some decent She's got guests. some big names. Yeah. I know. So I was surprised by the numbers on SoundCloud and I wonder if maybe it's actually hosted somewhere else and then someone reposts it on SoundCloud. I don't know. She had Laganjala Estranja on? Laganja Estranja is like a huge pothead. Why would you have a huge pothead on your recovery she's, podcast? I think she's intrigued by microdosing as a form of rehab. I think oh, okay. I think she's talked about that several times. Um, Jason Waller follows her on Instagram, I noticed, as I was digging around. Oh, episode 22, Literally Pretty Wild with Dan Levy. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say about... Oh, and they're not that long. No. Okay, good. Well, I'm, you know, thank you, Mallory, and thank you, Mayor. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, this is my homework for the week. Yeah. And her most recent episode is with her sister, Gabby, who she calls a comedian. So, I'm curious, oh. I'm curious to do a wild file on Gabby. I've already started, and I found some fun stuff, but I'm not done yet. Oh, it says this week we have my comedian of a sister, Gabby. Maybe it means that she just thinks she's funny. Not that she's actually trying to be a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> but. Okay. Well, all right. I'm in. I'm, um, I'm all in. Yeah. And actually, you would, I think her husband is, might be your flavor. I'm curious. Let me see. Uh, probably. He's like a handsome salt and pepper dude. Salt and pepper? How old is he? He's older than her. Um... But she's she's only twenty eight still. But that's what I mean. He must be in his forties, right? Yeah. Um, oh, someone's looking for a dad. Well, it sounds like she found one. Yeah. Well, he has sunglasses on there, but. Oh yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah. She looks like his child. Yeah. Like in that picture, she looks like his daughter. Yeah. She looks a little bit like Sarah Highland. Yeah. Oh, that's what else I was going to say about Alexis is that she's given a lot of really candid interviews about like being a mom and pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. And it was quite refreshing to read. And she had a really long post about body image after having kids that was really touching. And she said, you know, what you see in magazines and from celebrities, that's not real. That doesn't happen. She said, you know, like I look good, but I got a tummy tuck and a breast lift, but I still have stretch marks and I still sag in ways I didn't before. And I was like, and she's in her twenties. Yeah. And I was like, good on you. Yeah. Awesome. She had her first kid at 21. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and real quick, speaking of this, just reminding me because I said Sarah Highland. Um, did you notice, and all of you out there and the listening audience, notice that um, the Pratt cast has become the Wells cast? Yes. We need. We might need to discuss. I have not listened. Since. I haven't either. So I'm assuming Stephanie's off altogether, and now it's just Wells' podcast. Yeah, but he already had one. I don't know. He already has one with um, the Cyrus girl. I'm curious. At some point, I'm going to have to listen just to hear what they've done. But I thought it was very... I noticed in my podcast app, I was like, oh, Wellscast. What's that? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hold on. I wanted to show you a picture of Alexis's daughters real quick. I'm just looking for a good one. I don't have high hopes for good-looking children. They usually end up growing up to be uggos. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. These are her girls. They're cute, though. Oh, they're just cute. Okay. They're not stunning. They're cute. They, they all be cute when they get older. Um, the, uh, I feel like the older one is quite pretty, but I'll, we'll do that later. Um, another thing I wanted to clear up from the last episode is that I mentioned I noticed a name on the 
what do they call that sheet when police show up to on the warrant mm-hmm. to search the house? And it was Brett Brett Goodkin, and he's the lead detective on the Bling Ring case. Um, and so there will be more information that I will disseminate about that. He might be his own wild file because his story gets a little interesting. Oh, good! I'm yeah. excited about that. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. So let's delve in. I know. This episode was much easier to digest, actually. Yeah, it wasn't as fast-paced. One thing that I noticed we were watching in the beginning, they showed a flashback of um, Andrea opening the door for the police, and there's no cover on their light switch at the door underneath the um, security pad. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. Their house is weird. Yeah. And I noticed... It's a little broke-down palace. So, speaking of broke-down palace, you know they have that, like, Asian decorative wood Mm -hmm. in the living room? So, it's not actually attached to anything. Did you notice that? It's just... No. It's hanging. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, broke-down palace, indeed. Alexis opens the episode by saying that her life is a real struggle right now. No shit. Um, And this is the hardest thing she's ever gone through. And she's going to meet with her attorney and paparazzi are following them in the car. Um, her lawyer may be my favorite person on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's the best. Is it Jeffrey? Jeffrey Rubenstein. Yeah. yeah. So they go to his office and he's explaining to Alexis. Well, before that, though, I was a little taken aback that also in the Broke Down Palace theme, <laughs> I was a little surprised that she drives like they seem to all share a car, like a beat up Toyota. It's like a Land Rover. It's a big Toyota. It's a Highlander, but still, I mean, but like, I thought like LA people, like BMW, Mercedes, like I was just surprised. It just surprised me. Like I thought these people were very much all about keeping up appearances. So I'm a little surprised. Yeah. I had a Toyota. I loved it, but I'm just, you know, a little surprised. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I'm also surprised too, that they knew the paparazzi were outside, but they didn't come up with a better plan to shield Alexis. They were holding a back pillow against her face in the car. I guess when you gotta go, you gotta, you just improvise. You gotta go. I mean, bring a blanket, bring a scarf, grab an umbrella. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so they go to the law office of our new hero, Jeff Rubenstein. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's explaining to Alexis and Andrea what a preliminary hearing is. And And it's him and Susan Haber. Yes. Who's the co-counsel. Yes. Very good. Thank you. And she, Alexis is smiling throughout the whole meeting, which I do not understand. If I was having a fancy lawyer explain to me what was going to happen to me in a preliminary hearing, I feel like I would look a little nervous. I mean, the only thing, I mean, A, she's probably high. high. Um, but the other thing that makes sense is, I mean, some people when they're nervous, like nervous laugh, nervous smile, nervous. So that's a possibility. True. I think she also... It hasn't, she doesn't know how much trouble she's in. It's very clear, and she says it later in the episode, she thinks the whole thing is going to go away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's living in ignorance about it. Which, I guess, when you're 18, that makes sense. Um, So, she's very concerned about what she should wear to the preliminary hearing. And what does our hero tell her? Um, so, well, first of all, we should say that she is wearing a ridiculous knit cap. 
that like covers her ears. It kind of looks like a hunting cap, but like the knit version. It had a flap on the front, yeah, right? It was that like was like a knit version up. of like a hunting cap. And a huge pom-pom on top yeah. as well. And blue. Blue. Um, like a dark blue. And she says, what should I wear? And he says, not that hat to start off with. <laughs> <laughs> Which was amazing. And he tells her that she looks very distracting. Yeah. And that he can't have that in the courtroom. No. Um, and, but what I thought was really funny too was he, she says, well, how should I dress? And he says, look like the one young woman that you are, which I feel like would be showing up in Lucite Heels, a G-string and pasties. Like, (laughs) like you should show up as a young woman. You are not. Yeah. Like that's what we should be going for. Yeah. And then she also says, will press be there? Like her eyes all aglow. And he's like, yeah, probably it's been a big profile case. Like, you know. Yeah. And... (laughs) So then he explains to her what the district attorney is trying to accomplish at a preliminary hearing. And then Andrea chimes in and says, and they try and do it to innocent people. It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) And the lawyer says, Andrea, not helpful. And then she very weirdly says, did I say something that offended you? Yeah. Was she flirting with it? I didn't understand what she was doing. Well, but what did come to me in this (laughs) is that, if they were ever to make a movie version of Pretty, not the Bling Ring, but of Pretty Wild, yeah. Susan Sarandon needs to play yes. Andrea. Great. Like 100%. Yes. I'm in. Um, and then Alexis, she is such a teenager, right? That's what makes us all sort of sad, like even more sad, is that she was like, God, mommy, just like don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the lawyer is... He's a gem. I hope we see him some more. Me too. I want lots of him because he's a maze. Yeah. So Tess and Alexis, after her meeting with her lawyer, they decide to go to Ryan Cabrera's recording studio. I did not realize he was such a reality show whore. He also has such a type of girl. Yeah. It's borderline troubling. Yeah. Like Audrina and Tess. Dumb brunette wannabe rocker chicks. Big tits. Yeah. Yeah. Check, check, check. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although, not really, because I think he actually was banging Audrina, and he did not seem that interested in Tess. Right. I'm trying to... Did he date anyone else famous other than Ashley Simpson? I'm sure. Yeah, I don't remember his dating history. Um, but Tess is nervous because she has a weakness for singers. He could be a wild file. He could. Um... And I feel like Tess has a weakness for anyone who pays her attention or anyone who could make her famous. Well, I was really confused about this whole thing um, because, you know, he's giving, allegedly giving her piano lessons. Um, but she says that, that they have were friends from high school. Like, they've known each other for a while. So this whole giddy crush business didn't make a ton of sense to me. No. Like, Especially if you've been friends with someone for years, like, I mean, you can have a crush on a person for years, but you wouldn't be that, like, verklempt about the whole thing. No, and even later in the episode, that comment makes less sense. Yeah. But when she says we've been friends for years, and then she's acting like she's never seen a musician up close before, it's very weird. It was very, very strange. Um, and... And this was, like, Hill's concurrent, too. It was the same time. Yeah, and she says she couldn't keep her focus because he's, quote, so cute. Mm, no. 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 Uh, no. No. Not even 2010, yes. The answer's just no. No. Yeah. He does not look good in this phase. <laughs> he looks like a dirty teddy bear. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a teddy bear someone like left in a puddle. <laughs> As a fair. <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> um, and then they say they're going to go bowling. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, and then Tess and Alexis, they really need to relax, apparently, from all this doing jack shit. And they go to the spa. To own a massage, yeah. O-N-A. And I forgot to mention at the top of the episode, in case anyone was wondering, this episode is brought to you by boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it is sponsored by boobs. Tessa's boobs in particular. No, we saw Alexis's too. Boobs. So many boobs. So many boobs. <laughs> and this was the beginning of the boobs. They, they come back a lot throughout the episode, but this was phase one. Boobs and... I don't have room to talk because I have some tattoos that I probably shouldn't have either, but a lot of, like, misplaced, regrettable tattoos as well. And I, I, I'm not a judge of tattoos either because, like, I don't have any, so I don't, like, I feel like I can tell what a good one and a bad one is, but, like, the lines on some of, I think it was Alexis's, but I don't know, floral tattoo? They're so thick. It looks like it was done with a Sharpie marker. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by boobs so much nudity so much and so here's what i don't understand they are getting massages and they're being filmed and we've already like we full frontaled all over the place like the whole scene is, <laughs> is blurry but they're both getting a massage while keeping their g-string on like the massage therapist was like going over the edge of her underwear over and over again i was like just take it off she's clearly comfortable <laughs> maybe you're not supposed to like, I hate massage, so I don't... Like, are you fully nude? I don't... Yeah. Oh, you are? You I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's where they draw the line with the camera crew. I mean, because that's the whole thing. You have to remember that it's not the massage therapist. It's, like, the entire... It's the cameraman. It's the boom <laughs> mic guy. Like, it's everyone is seeing this. The producer. Yeah. Well, usually in a massage, you do go... If it's a full body, you do go nude because the table... Everything is changed. It's like going to the doctor's office, but more luxurious. Like, all the towel sheets and stuff, like, they clean the tables. Like, yeah. they... They start over. I don't know. Maybe they were like, snatch is where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tess, put that away. <laughs> um, and they're there to get massages to discuss the court date and Ryan. Yeah. Um, and again, Tess says that he, Ryan Cabrera, is such a cutie that she feels like she acts like the R word. Yeah, another R word rearing its ugly head. Yeah. Um, and they actually don't really talk about the court case. No, they don't. Um, I do say, though, that, like, as much as I am not a fan of massage, if I was going to get one, I think I would get one fucked up out of my head on Oxycontin. Because Alexis looks relaxed. Yeah. Like, she is very chill. Her face is, like, pressed against the... Yeah. Yeah. She's not moving. No. I wonder if she can even feel it. Mm No. (laughs) TBD. Um, And then Alexis gives Tess advice about Ryan Cabrera because Tess doesn't know how to play it. So she says, and Alexis says, well, you're always used to guys liking you more than you like them. And so she's like, make him come to you, like back off and do your own thing. And she said, you're going to go far listening to my advice. (laughs) Do any of these people have a sex tape? I don't know. Because if they don't, I'm shocked. Specifically Tess. (laughs) So I'm curious to Or do, did she get in a softcore porn? Like, I feel like I'm, that. No. I guess we'll wait and find so, out when you do her wild file. But. I'm pretty sure Tess is also sober now. It took her longer than Alexis, but she is. And I think she's the one who has actually, like, disappeared. 
Oh, okay. She's, I don't think she lingers. I don't think she talks about things. I think she lives, I think, maybe in like Montana or Wyoming or something now. Oh. Like, I think she's way out of the limelight now. Oh. I may be wrong about that, but, and we'll find out, but she's, I think she's the hardest to find information about. So then it is the morning of the preliminary hearing and Alexis doesn't know what to wear. And I would like to speak with the um, editors who decided to go with the background music for this scene because it is lighthearted sitcom music. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I'm like, what? This is not like she's getting ready to go to court. She's going to jail for years, and the music does not match the vibe at all. No. I mean, it makes it really funny. <laughs> yeah. And can we talk about her bedroom real quick? Sure. Um, there's a lot going on in that bedroom. We've got like a brocade wallpaper. I think I saw some feathers. I saw velvet. There were three different colors of curtains. And she's wearing like a cheetah robe. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot visually, but there were curtain panels on one window and there were three colors. Like she wanted to ombre them, but they weren't connected yeah. or, or ombre. Does that surprise you? <laughs> no. No, but it was a lot to take in. I also like that they waited till morning of to figure out what she was going to wear after already having this conversation with the lawyer. And then I'm very confused about her choice. Me too. So let's just talk about what she was wearing now, even though we don't really see the full look until later. I actually thought when she was sitting in the hearing from the waist up, she did look somewhat appropriate. Yes. She was wearing a solid black top. Her hair was pulled back and she had a braid down the side. She had little stud earrings on. Um, and she did look like a normal everyday girl from the waist up. But what I didn't understand was the pants choice. Skin tight, true religion jeans. Yes. With like some bling. No. I mean, I feel like jeans are not an appropriate choice for court ever. Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't the lawyer's second rule. Like first, not that hat. Second, no jeans. Well, I'm, I would care. I would be willing to bet a lot of money that when she showed up. That I'm sure the lawyer was like, ugh. Like, why did you notice when she left the house, her hair did not look like that? No, yeah. Yeah. He may have told her to pull it back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the jeans were just wrong. And I, I feel like the, the answer is just like, you basically dress like you're going for like a job interview. Yeah. Not too flashy, you know? Maybe Slacks. Some, solid black pants. That was the answer. Yeah. Borrow them from your mother. I don't know. And then she was also complaining that her pants were tight. I find it hard to believe anything was tight on her. Uh, they look tight. And she's just so tiny, though. Like, well, I'm sure she just buys like double zero jeans. Jesus, I don't know what that's like. Um, so they're on their way to the hearing, and Alexis <laughs> is driving. Yeah, I put that in my notes too. Why? I don't know. If you know that your daughter is struggling with addiction to opiates and other things, why would you be in the passenger seat? And what does she ask her mom for while she's driving? Can I have a five milligram of Adderall? And then she drops it in her crotch. And I wish I could sing or play an instrument because I really want to start a band and call it Adderall Crotch. <laughs> Maybe Ryan Cabrera and I can get together and start a new band called Adderall Crotch. Yeah. Did you ever watch the like internet TV series called Very Mary Kate? No. Okay. So like it, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen? Yes. So it was like an actress pretending to be Mary Kate Olsen all the time. And she used this very whiny, like vocal fry voice. And Alexis reminds me of that portrayal of Mary Kate. I so my that. favorite, she, her only friend was Bodyguard and she just called him Bodyguard. And one of my favorite <laughs> episodes, she goes, Bodyguard, can you get me my Vera Wang Snuggie? 
That's, Alexa sounds like that every time she asks for something. So can I get a five milligram of Adderall? So the hearing starts and the judge is the honorable Daryl Mavis. Mm-hmm. And the detective, Brett Goodkin, is the person we see on the stand. Don't know if he's the first, but I think he's the only for the preliminary hearing. Um, and so he has been informed by Nick Prugo, who was the first bling ring member who was arrested. Nick Prugo took them all down. And apparently he is notorious for like, <laughs> the quote was, the kid confessed to things we didn't even know he did. Like he just like went all out. So that's, <laughs> he, he ratted them all out. Um, so real quick, did you ever see the movie? Because I haven't. The Bling Ring? Yeah. I saw it in theaters with my friend Ellie. Shout out Ellie. We could not wait to watch this on Is screen. Is it good? Um, it's a Sofia Coppola. So uh, yes and no. Like, okay. I was like, But it's not like docudrama Like I want like facts. No, it's very, it's very stylish and oh. like fun and like. Okay. It's the thing I both love and don't love about her movies that I feel like nothing ever happens. They're just like one long music video kind yeah. of, but which is really cool, but you know, they're not substantive. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to see Emma Watson, even though I'm not a Harry Potter person play a, like a naughty bad girl. She plays the Alexis character. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, did she use the real names in the movie? No. Oh, see, I want like a docudrama. Yeah. Yeah. No. Could someone make one? Anyone out there listening? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as I mentioned in her wild file, the case in question is really the Orlando Bloom burglary. Yes. That is the one that Alexis was caught on camera for. And that is the one that the detective is giving his testimony about. Um, and Nick Prugo is the co-defendant in the case. And so that's why Alexis's house was searched and they did find, um, Rachel Bilson's Mark Jacobs purse and Lindsay Lohan's Chanel necklace. So Alexis's attorney does make a good point and asks the detective how they know that that brown Mark Jacobs purse was Rachel Bilson's because they're not, they don't have a serial number or anything like that. And nothing. They said nothing that was found was serial numbered. Right. And then the detective says (laughs) that Rachel Bilson identified it and said, well, that's mine. And it was recently stolen from my home. (laughs) So there you go. Nipped that right in the bud. Um, so then the detective also admits in his testimony that the faces are blurry in the video and the defense attorney asks how he knows that Alexis is one of the blurry faces. And he said, well, I was told by the (laughs) co-defendant. And so then the defense attorneys ask the judge for a motion to dismiss, to just let Alexis go and let the whole thing lie. And the judge says, no. Yeah. He says... The motion to dismiss is politely denied. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hell oh, and we forgot to say at the top of the episode, this aired March 21st, 2010. So the hearing was in November, but she wasn't sentenced till May. So yeah. while this was airing, we still did not know what her fate was going to be. Right. Yeah. But that means that like all this wild stuff we're going to see on the season of the show, that was from November to May. To May. Like they, yeah. she had six months to go nuts. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she did. Um, and so then we get them leaving the courtroom and paparazzi talking to them and the, the lawyers not telling anybody anything. And we get a scene with Alexis and Andrea in the kitchen at home. And she's very upset because she thought the whole thing would be dismissed. Well, and before this happened, when there's just a little scene with Alexis after the court, I couldn't stop looking at her lips and I 
couldn't oh, tell yeah. if it was a cold sore or bad lip injections, but later when they're in the kitchen, I think it was bad lip injections. She was a little off on one side. Well, it was here. Oh. On the bottom lip. And then oh. I noticed on the top. So I think it was just like goofy, like bad lip injections. Huh. Okay. I thought she does a weird like snarl with her lip, upper lip sometimes. And I feel like I can do that too. So I kept staring at that. Um, so then Gabby comes into the kitchen and she really like falls to pieces and she just keeps saying to Alexis, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I get it. Like, I guess it's scary when you're 15 and your sister might go to jail that, you know, and I guess they all really think she didn't do anything. So do they though? Are they that stupid? I mean, the stuff was found in the house. Like, I don't know. So they're operating under the assumption that it was given to her. That, like, her friend stole it and gave it to her. Yeah. Like, that's what, I mean, I guess it's, like, when I was a kid and every time my mom found my cigarettes, I was like, oh, those are so-and-so's. Yeah. Um, but what I don't understand, too, is that they all know that her addiction's out of control. The mother had kicked her out by now. But then there's... Was she kicked out or did she leave? Nick Prugo gave an interview that she was kicked out. Oh, okay. I thought she just left. But... I don't know. Oh. Um, and at the time, he said that she got kicked out for doing drugs. Okay. And she said, like, no, 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 that's not true. Like, when it was her time to be arrested and all that, she did not want her addiction out there. When really, that would have been a great excuse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I find the family's reactions really interesting. Like, they clearly know that something's up and that she's hanging out with bad people to do drugs, but hanging out with bad people who steal things, that's just unholy, and I'm so sorry you got wrapped up in this, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Um, So then Andrea gets a package from a messenger at the front door, and it is a list of infractions from the community, and basically the community they live in wants them out. The HOA has had it. Yeah. With paparazzi and whatnot. And people knocking on their doors and cameras. I almost wonder if a lot of it is, um, in, in the show, they made it seem like it was the paparazzi. Yeah. I wonder if it was actually the filming. Like E. I'm also thinking that it could have been a variety of things. Yeah. Those girls kept weird hours. I imagine anytime their parents left the house, they were probably up to no good in there. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, cause I could imagine like, I mean, if you have a production crew at your house filming, that's cars on the street, that's yeah. people everywhere tromping around with cameras. I would be willing to bet that a lot of it was the show being filmed and not the, as much the paparazzi. I'm sure the paparazzi was part of it, but I feel like the show being filmed was a large part of it. Yeah. And when we saw the paparazzi, when they were leaving to go meet with the lawyer, yes, there were some, there were not hordes. No, they, they lived relatively far. And yeah, she was involved in this high profile case, but you know, part of I read when I was doing research this week is that part of the response when she got released from jail and why it looks so big is that Tess made a big deal out of bringing like the E crew with them. And that's what drew more attention is that they had a camera crew with them already. Of course. Yeah. So they have really had it with their neighborhood. Uh, or their neighborhoods had it with them, I guess. And then we see Tess preparing for her date with Ryan Cabrera. Boobs too. Yeah. A lot of boobs. A lot of boobs. And now Alexis is like playing with them and holding them and hiking them up. And 
Alexis has pretty big boobs too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so they're trying on all these different outfits and then they do this really bizarre role play. They, we get some Ryan Cabrera cosplay. Yeah. Where Alexis pretends to be Ryan Cabrera and they meet up and then they go in the closet together. Yeah. Tess and Alexis definitely like hook up in front of dudes for attention. Oh, 10,000%. <laughs> yeah. Like the number of bouncers they've made out with in front of to get into clubs, oh, I yeah. cannot even begin to imagine. Well, and like this movie Frat Party, they apparently did it in a scene in a movie. So yeah, like they're, yeah. That's their favorite game. They get fucked up and they make out for people. A hundred percent. They look like they do it all the time. Yeah. They're very touchy-feely with each other. Um... <clears throat> So then Tess goes to, it looks like a lucky strike. It is a lucky strike. Yeah. They showed a sign. It was a lucky um, strike. And Ryan Cabrera is there with his friend Adam. Who sucks. Who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what um, I'm assuming Ryan wrote in the uh, bowling, uh, what do yeah. you even call that? Scoreboard? The scoreboard, yeah. Yeah. And I actually felt bad for Tess. I thought that was lame. It was lame, and it really seems to me like... Well, I mean, we know Ryan Cabrera is thirsty for camera time to this day. So I think this was just a ploy on his part to get on TV again. Yeah. Like, be on camera. And he's a terrible bowler. Yeah, which is really funny. Like, he talked it up like he was so great, and then he sucked. Like and she, Tess doesn't even bowl the right way, and she did it better than him. Yeah, she's kicking his ass. Yeah. Um, and then he says out loud that he gets a text message from a girl named Lisa... Who's a girl that he hasn't spoken to forever, and out of nowhere, she just wants to know if I'm in LA. And I have literally had this exact same thing happen to me. On a date? Yep. I was on a date with this guy. Um, oh, so cute. It looks like Jon Snow. Um, this was back in the spring, and we were at Uproar, and out of the blue, he was like, he puts this on, he's like, that's weird. And I'm like, what? And he was like, oh, this guy just messaged me. I haven't heard from him in like a year. And I'm like, okay, why are you telling me that? Whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a weird flex. I don't fucking get it. I hate when people flex about anything. <laughs> so I felt bad for Tess. Um, and she, there's like this sad music montage of them like at Lucky Strike. And then she goes and calls Alexis. And Alexis sounds so messed up on the yeah. other end of the phone. She's like, oh, babe, I wish I got with you. Like, she is lying down somewhere. And so Tess kind of falls apart for a second and gets upset about it. And then she goes out and handles it like a boss. <laughs> and Ryan says like, well, I'm going to go out with the boys tonight. You coming? She's like, no, I'm good. Have fun though. And then hits him with a handshake. Yep. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Awkward, but awesome. And I respected her for it. And it's interesting to me because Ryan was so douchey <clears throat> on this show. Yeah. And I feel like he was not on the hills. Well, Audrina is more famous than Tess. True, but I'm saying on the hills he presented more like wimpy, like me, 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 like guy. And here he was just, he was more like a Justin Bobby. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that comparison. He's so unattractive. <laughs> um, so then Andrea makes an announcement to all three girls that... They've had it with the community and not being welcome, and they're moving to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Gabby... Goes clinically insane. Goes clinically insane. She is only 15. And let's not forget, jacked up on Adderall. Yeah. Which uppers make you kirk out on a dime. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure that... I mean, it was... A, 
I'm sure teenager was part of it and then like hopped up on goofballs was part of it. Right. And I think another element to it is that she's the one who's actually at home. She goes to the local high school. Her life is fine. Yeah, her friends are there. And the other two girls don't live there. They've been kicked out, but now it's Alexis's fault that they have to move. Yeah. And she doesn't, she's probably not saying that on camera or it was cut out. Oh, I guarantee she said it and they cut it out. There's no, I mean, she was hysterical. There's no way she would have the wherewithal to be like, oh my gosh, I cannot mention that the girls don't live here and this is Alexis's fault. Right. And so I had an older sister too. And if that had happened to me at 15, I would have freaked out like that probably. Minus the Adderall. Um, I would have been the reason we had to move, so. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. go. Um, So Gabby has a, you know, DEFCON 5 meltdown and says, fuck you, mom. Um, So then Andrea sits outside her door and tries to reason with the 15-year-old having, like, an epic emotional, you know, meltdown. In yet another tracksuit. Yeah. And she also kind of tries to put her down. Instead of saying, I know this is hard and it will be a change and I'm sorry, you know, it's best for all of us and we know that it probably hurts you the most. And she doesn't say anything reassuring. She says, you know, Gabby, you really have a tendency to take things to the basement. Meaning that she just like assumes the worst and overreacts. I'm like, that's exactly what you say to someone who's overreacting. Well done. Great job. (laughs) But then Jerry, another... MVP of this episode. And I was so happy when he finally showed up. Earlier on my notes, I'd written, like, where is Jerry? Yeah. He takes Gabby out for ice cream, and they actually have a parent-child conversation about moving. Yeah, they go to Milk, which has been featured on the Hills before. Yeah. Um, And she said that she was upset that she felt like she had no power in the decision and that she had no choice about it. And he basically says to her that, you know, it's best for the whole family and it's not just about her. Does she think she can try it on? And he said, you know, the good thing about being your age is that you won't fall and I'll always catch you and I love you. It was very sweet. He's a good stepdad. He was so sweet. Which is interesting. I'd be curious to know how, do we know how long he and Andrea were married or have been married? They celebrated their 10 year anniversary in 2012, I believe. Oh, so, so he, for a long time. So, I mean, he seems like a good parent. So I'm confused a little bit about Alexis's like daddy issues because it seems like he was a good parent to her. I'm wondering if part of the reason he's not allowed for filming a lot is that he wasn't entirely on board with it. Like she had been moved out of the house and was suffering from addiction and Andrea was kind of like, but they're going to be famous and we'll do this and we'll do that. And maybe he wasn't entirely. No, I get that. But I'm saying like, it's, it seems like he's a caring individual. And if he would have been, he would have been in Alexis's life since she was 10 then maybe even younger if they were dating before they got married. So I'm surprised that she would have like daddy issues because it seems like he's a decent stepfather, but yeah. Um, but he had been around since Gabby was like, I don't know, six, seven, something like that. Well, let's see. She's 15. Mm-hmm. So they got married when she was seven and I'm assuming they dated for a couple of years. So yeah. Yeah. Like so, five. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was really sweet and it made me feel a lot better about the fact that Andrea was a C-bomb to her and then Jerry was genuinely nice. Do Are, are they still married? I think so. Oh, okay. All right. Um, when you Google Andrea, he comes up as spouse. Okay, great. Good. Um, I didn't see him. I don't in... know how great it is for him. But... Yeah, I didn't see him in any of her Instagrams. So I don't know whether that's maybe like. Maybe he's just not a public person. Like maybe he's just like, I don't want to be. Yeah. And it might be that that just comes up as most recent spouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, I think they are because 
I found something about Gabby and he was there. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll save that for her yeah, yeah. wildfire then. Um, so then the episode ends with the whole family talking about how Hollywood will be more welcoming. <laughs> and Andrea is creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is she on drugs? Because she's weird. Yeah, I think so. The, the scene where she said to the lawyer, did I say something to offend you? I was like, ooh, what's she on? Yeah, she's, there's <laughs> yeah. something going on there. Uh-huh. Um, and Alexis admits that it will be better for her because no one will care about her in Hollywood. She'll be a small fish in a really big pond. Except she didn't say pond. She said something like sea. Yeah. I think she said sea. Yeah. she doesn't get it. And Tess goes, totally, because they don't need pictures of you. They'll just, like, actually go find Paris Hilton. Yeah. Something like, yeah. Good one. I also love <laughs> that the families know, I mean, we don't know on the show that these kids are all addicts and a mess, that their solution is to move to Hollywood. Like, let's move to the epicenter of Trump, like, where people get fucked up. And Andrea's also admitted on camera that she worries about the girls when they go out in Hollywood. So why are you making that closer? Yeah. And you know, off camera, your daughter's struggling with addiction. So instead of moving further out... You're moving closer to it. Yeah. I don't get it. No, it's not. It's not okay. And then we get our scenes from the next. Which is the big move. The big move. Um, the girls do a photo shoot with a uh, football player. And Lola goes missing, which I'm assuming is their dog. Yes. And then there's also, I guess, Tessa's biological mother has been trying to get in touch with her. Yes. So we'll have all of that uh, next time we record, which will be in two weeks. Yep. Um, All right. Well, thank you guys. And um, we hope you enjoyed this pretty wild ride, Ron. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at One Hit Pod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mare B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.